0: Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. At this time, I would invite you to stand as you are able and join in the responsive reading of Psalm 62. Psalm 62 on page 31 in your Psalter. For God alone my soul waits in silence, from him comes my salvation. Soul waits in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my
1: salvation, my fortress, I shall not shame.
0: On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him. Men of low estate are but a breath. Men of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this. That power belongs to God.
1: And that to thee, O Lord, belongs to love. For thou
0: dost in man according to his word. Amen.
2: Today's reading comes from Psalm 46 verse 10. He says, "Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth." I remember one of the earlier posts in the Harvard 2018 Facebook group, back when students actually used it for a conversation forum, that prompted us to play the two truths and a lie game. For those who are not familiar, This involves each person saying two statements that are true and one that is false, while everyone else has to try to guess which is which. The challenge I have always found with this game is coming up with facts that are both interesting enough and absurd enough to sound like lies. The best I could come up with at that point was that in high school, I once had three cars over a span of just six months. I was successful at throwing off my then future classmates as very few thought this was actually realistic. And in revealing the answers, I began to tell the stories of the car accidents that totaled my first two cars. I usually did this in a pretty lighthearted way, and these conversations often just ended with people joking that they never wanted to get in a car with me. In joking around these stories, however, I have been ignoring the profoundly dark times surrounding my first car wreck, and I wanted to share a bit more honestly about that. I was driving home from my brother's apartment less than two weeks after I brought my red Firebird. The roads were a little wet, and I knew my tires were due for replacement. Because of that, I was quite careful driving on the winding on-ramp to the highway, but I realized just as I was going to merge with the traffic that I was driving far too slow to join the other cars racing by. Having the engine of a sports car and the brain of a 16-year-old boy, I absolutely floored it to speed up quickly. I lost control and honestly don't even remember the next few seconds, but I ended up flying across three lanes of traffic and hitting the wall separating the two sides of the interstate with the passenger side of my car. After a few minutes of sitting in my car facing the wrong way, a group of police stopped traffic and helped me move off to the side of the road. At that point, I was not too rattled, but then I started watching cars pass me at speeds upwards of 70 miles an hour. And I began to replay the wreck in my head over and over again, but with one key difference, and a very possible one, wherein one of those cars hit me. It was at that point that I realized that leaving my brother's apartment just a few seconds earlier or later could quite literally have been the difference between life and death. For the next few months, all I could think about was the fragility of life, with the thought that any moment could be my last always lingering in my mind, I constantly worried about what that last conversation would be with my parents, a friend, or any other loved ones, and if I was truly doing everything I could to lead my best life. But it was because of that persistent anxiety that I was always absent and doing nothing rather than actually trying to better the lives of those around me, and worrying about how to best live my life. I was not at all actually living life. The verse I share today is precisely how I got through what was probably the darkest time in my adolescence. I finally learned what it truly meant to be still, or as some other versions say, to cease striving. This is probably the most unnatural verse to read from the perspective of a Harvard student. We got to this place by striving for success. We have reached this point in our Harvard careers by continuing that same degree of effort. And it is that resolve that propels us into our next steps. To think about a verse that tells us to be still or to cease striving becomes incredibly confusing to a mindset that is focused on solving every possible problem that may come our way and being in control of every situation that we are in. Granted, this verse is not a blanket excuse to never try again. I probably should still write my thesis chapter due tomorrow night. Instead, what it means to me is pausing in whatever chaos we might find ourselves in and remembering who is in control. Just around this time five years ago, it meant casting away my worries of whether each moment would be the last and allowing God to grant me the peace that truly does surpass all understanding. And remembering that the same one who says, all things work together for the good of those who love God, is in control of it all. So whether your mind is burdened with trauma, final papers, or even preparing for your morning prayer talk, I hope you may be encouraged today to take a moment to be still and know that he is
0: Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. At this time, I would invite you to stand as you are able and join in singing For the Beauty of the Earth, number four in your hymnal number four. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with loving kindness and grant you peace. Amen.